It's the Dogcast, episode number 239, Purebreds versus Mongrels. Time to shake off that bad mojo, dog fans. We gotta cheer this team on to a victory. Dogcast episode number 239. I'm Derek and I've got Old Dog and we're in the bunker and it's Mississippi State pregame. It's the purebreds versus the mongrels. Old Dog, you know, let me let's just start this show off with just the kind of stats that I hate that these stats even exist because this is just the kind of thing that makes you it just makes me uncomfortable. You know, we've won nine in a row against Mississippi State. We've not lost to Mississippi State since 1975. Yeah, we, I know it. We haven't lost Here to I Mississippi State. Here I graduated from high school. We haven't graduated. We haven't lost to Mississippi State in Starkville since 1951. You know, we've got all these damn, all these records, you know what I mean? Like all these, oh, it's been so long since we've been this, and so long since we've been 0-2, and, and so long since we, you know, uh, all I hear is, man, wow, we're, we're ripe, we're due, <laughs> you know? That's what makes me think in my heart. I don't want to know those stats. Mississippi State, know. their stadium seats 55,000, old dogs, the smallest stadium in the conference. Less than Vanderbilt. But it's going to be loud because they have something that no other stadium. And I'm not sure the way they got this. I don't know the deal, the background, you know, how they got it grandfathered in. The artificial noisemaker thing that they're just constantly breaking that rule. But the cowbell, dude, they're going to be nuts with those cowbells this weekend. And that's cool with me because, I mean, I love tradition. Yes. And they've been ringing those damn cowbells forever. Yeah, and I think since 1931 or something like that. I mean, it, it's a, it is a long time thing they've been doing. All right, big game. Dogs are one and two, <laughs> both it's, the dogs. The, I mean, when and you know you talked about it earlier. You know, when was the last time we lost to Mississippi State? When was the last time we lost in Starkville? Who would have ever thought that the Mississippi State game? would be a watershed for our program. Well, not a lot of people were thinking that before the season, you know? You know no, but, not a lot of people were thinking against after Louisiana Lafayette. Not a lot of people were even thinking about it after South Carolina. You're right, but I'll tell you this. something. I heard something this week on ESPN that made me feel a little bit better, even though they are the evil empire. You know, they said if you take LSU or Florida and they're playing Georgia's schedule, they're probably one and two also. They were they were using the stat. Well, they're they're out of their damn minds, dude. What are you talking about? Do you think Florida? Do you think right now the way you've seen Florida play the first three weeks, they could beat South Carolina and Arkansas? Hell no, dude. Brantley can't even they're... receive a snap in week. Three, he's still catching snaps in his face mask, dude. Come on. He's horrible. 
Now, of course, he'll probably get it. He'll get. He'll get it. He'll get it together before Halloween, I'm sure. But right now, he's horrible. Um, and LSU's not much better either. But anyway, we're off the top. No, I'm, but, I've gone way but, off. But they have found, unlike unlike us, they have found way to win where we have found ways to lose. Yeah, they found ways to win against Miami of Ohio. But dude, we've played two really pretty good teams. You know, I, I think better than better than LSU and better than Florida. I have no reason well, to believe it I, all. You act like it's a lock that damn LSU and Florida would have beat South Carolina and Arkansas. No way. I don't. I don't know about South Carolina. South Carolina. We're going to find out what they've got this weekend sure. when they play Auburn. Uh, I'm I'm not all sold on our. I think Arkansas is a lot of smoke and mirrors. And I think they're going to be taken to the woodshed this weekend. I agree with that. I'm not on the mallet on the mallet train. He may be a great pro, but I, I mean, Arkansas mediocre team. Now you said we're going to find out what South Carolina's got this weekend. I got to yeah. tell you, we found that a couple weekends ago. They got this guy named Marcus Lattimore. It's pretty studly. Well, you know, it's we'll see. Okay, Georgia is playing Mississippi State this weekend. And that's what we need to talk about. Let's talk about that. Uh, you know, Coach Rick's never lost. <laughs> I got another stat for you. Coach Rick's never lost three games in a row. Yeah, never, and, and never, I got ever. one for you too. Coach Rick is 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 ten for eleven against SEC East <laughs> team. So you know he's probably going to kick ass in the West. Okay, so here we go. Uh, you've got a meeting between two one and two teams, two teams that are looking for an identity on offense and uh, trying to put something together on defense. The good news is we at least know who our quarterback is. Dan Mullen over in Mississippi State is still running a he's running a two quarterback system, and you know what they say: if you got two quarterbacks, that means you ain't got any quarterbacks. Um, Chris Relf and Tyler Russell combined for five picks last week, old dog. Uh, a lot of uncertainty in the quarterback ranks for Mississippi State. They've got a problem with turnovers. They got a problem with protecting the ball. They got problems on offense over there. Uh, their tight ends. They what, got they got two tight ends. Hope that would play right into our hands. <laughs> you would think so. You would hope so. You would hope speaking having two hands, quarterbacks. Speaking, speaking of hands, of, let's intercept those passes when they hit us in the chest. Yes. Absolutely. Let's pick them up and let's pick them up and put them down and return them for six points. How about that? Absolutely. So Mississippi State's been having trouble with turnovers. They're having trouble with consistency at the quarterback position. Um, they're going to be missing their two, their tight ends. They have two tight ends that are both pretty good. Neither one of them is very healthy right now. Uh, game time decision on that. Um, but uh, and you know we've got some tight ends we could send down there because hell we don't throw to ours. <laughs> we we got tight ends to spare. I mean because I mean we got tight ends to spare. We have four tight ends, three of which are you know really good. Two of which are on the on watch list, and one of which is all world. And all of those guys have combined for a total of five catches in three games. Exactly. We had one catch last week. Aaron White catches one ball off of his shoestrings. A huge catch, an important catch, a yes, great catch by Aaron White. That was the only throw to a tight end all day. Orson Charles, who's the all-world, has four catches for 45 yards this year. We're tw- yeah. we're 25 percent of the way through our season, and we have five p- catches by tight ends right now. 
But according to our coaching staff, it's just because the other teams have done such a damn good job of covering these guys. You're right. You're right. That's what I hear. I mean, yeah, I don't... me too. That's what I hear. <laughs> um, <laughs> tight ends. Um, you think we're going to be able to get them more involved this week? Man, I would hope so. I mean, I like to say this is a watershed game from us, and I'm I'm really at a quandary as to what we're going to do. I mean, you know, we ought to, we need to go down there. We need to beat them, and to beat them, we need to. You've heard it before. Wait for it. <laughs> we need establish to establish the run. <laughs> Thank God, Caleb King is back. Yes, a hundred percent. So this should mean that our running game is going to go for two hundred yards. Well, listen, I think something really clever. Uh, Bernie from the Bernie's Dog Blog. I thought he had a pretty clever quote this week. He's you know because you know. Uh, Washon Ely's number three and Caleb King's number four. He's calling that our three-four offense. He says we need to get our three-four offense run. We got to get our three-four offense is our three-four offense as as important as our three-four defense this week. We really need number three and number four to pay off for us this week in the running game. And to well, do that, and, we're going to have to block a lot better on offensive line. You you could have you took the words right out of my mouth. I know you, baby. I know where you're going, man. Yes, you do. We've got to block better on offensive line. We are going to have to, for the first time this season, we really need to man up and manhandle a defensive line, um, in the ways that we have it. And I'll speaking of offensive line and speaking of leadership, you know, Ben Jones was named to be a uh, captain this week. This is the kind of thing. I know our offensive line is taking a little heat this year, but I still think they're good kids, and I love them. Ben Jones, named as a captain this week. Today, he relinquished his uh, relinquished his grip on his captain, whatever you want to call it, his captaincy, and gave it to Josh Davis, a Mississippi native. He said it felt like it was important for Josh to be a captain back when he goes home to his home state and plays in front of his family. I just think that's cool. I know you're going to be like, oh, that's namby-pamby, sentimental bullcrap. No, no man. I, I love it. I think and, that's and cool. That's, and that's the kind of thing we need to do. And speaking along those lines of being a man and doing things, my hat is off to Sean Williams. I Yeah, man. I'm telling who, you. Who is the only person on our team that has actually taken responsibility. Coach for or player. <laughs> Absolutely. And the coaching staff could learn a whole lot from that young kid. And I want to tell him right now, miss tackle or not, that game was lost well before you missed the tackle on the 25-yard line. Yeah, and I like the way. Did you hear when in the presser they're talking to Sean Williams? They're trying to get him to share the blame. You know, they're like, well, Sean Williams goes, you know what? I blew it. That was on me. I was supposed to make the yep. tackle. I didn't make the tackle. It's on me. And the guy, the reporter goes, yeah, but you were supposed to have help over the top. There was supposed to be a safety there. He's like, you know what? If I make that tackle, we don't need help over the top. It's on me to make that tackle. I mean, they tried to get him to share the blame. They tried to get him to put it on somebody else. And he says, nope, it's on me, dude. All on me, 100% on me. All on, And that's all there is to say about it. There you go. And our coaching staff could learn a lesson from that young man. I'm telling as, you. As Don Corleone, long time ago in Godfather 1, told the Frank Sinatra character, I believe it was Johnny Fontaine, 
act like a man. <laughs> and Sean Williams did, and I can't say that for Mike Bobo and Todd Grantham. So, let's I'm just so we don't swerve off the rails here like we did on the last show. <laughs> Moving right along, we need to run, we need to block, we need to throw to the tight ends. Um, we so, need to win. We need to win this game. Uh, you know, I'm really interested in one other matchup this weekend. I mean, in a, in a general way. I'm really interested in how Mike Bobo's offense, and I'm calling it Mike Bobo's offense because, hey, Mike Bobo's calling those plays. I'm really interested in the, the meeting of the minds between Mike Bobo and Manny, Manny the Man Diaz, the defense coordinator from Mississippi State, who, as you might or may or may not know, was kind of shortlisted as a friend of Rick, he was shortlisted when we were searching for a defensive coordinator last winter. And uh, now he's running the Mississippi State defense, and this defense is pretty tough. I mean, technically, Mississippi State's defense is better than South Carolina's defense. They're ranked better. You know, I mean, they're better in categories. And uh, I'm really interested to see how we're going to do, because South Carolina's defense, as you know, held us to six points, old dog. Yeah. Do you think we can get more than six points against Manny Diaz's defense? Well, I am hoping so, and obviously we need to if we're going to win the ball game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we can. And, you know, we had Murray reigned way in against South Carolina. I think we opened him up a little bit, you know, in the Arkansas game. you got to let the players play, and hopefully Bobo has seen that. I, he needs to call a much more complete game and utilize the weapons he has and not be so – he is in love with the bomb. Uh, you know, probably – He's you know, in love he, with he's the like, bomb. He's, he's in like, love yeah, with the play-action like, pass, too. He yeah, loves he's the play like Daryl Monica, you know, the mad bomber. You know, he loves to send these receivers down 20, 30, 40 yards – you know, let, let's showcase that arm. I mean, that's not the way to win a ball game. You have got to have an outlet pass. You've got to have a hot receiver you can go to when you get in trouble, and hopefully he's learned his lesson. By God, don't tell Al Davis that ain't the way. Vertical ball, baby. Let's get vertical. Don't tell yeah, Al Davis that's not the way to win a football game. <laughs> um, <laughs> Al Davis knows a thing or two about winning football games. Yes, he does. Back in the 60s. Okay. That's right, in his Adidas sweatsuit. <laughs> so you got Manny Diaz running what is technically a better defense than Ellis Johnson. And uh, this defense is tough. You know, the thing about these Mississippi State games as much as you don't want to hear this, old dog, is these guys play us tough. We always, They always play us tough. We don't play them very often, but we hardly ever beat them. We never blow the doors off Mississippi State. No, but we do. Now, we do beat them, we but do it's beat always them. a close game. Nine in a row we've beaten them. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really interested to see what – because, you know, Mike Bobo's taking a lot of heat this week, and don't think he doesn't know he's taking heat. Don't think he doesn't know that people are out there, you know, making fun of him and all that kind of stuff. So – I mean, I know he's going to – I don't know if he can work any harder. I don't know if UGA coaching staff can put in any more damn hours. There aren't any more hours for them to put in. But, um, yeah, everybody's going to be really scrutinizing the play calling by by uh, Mike Boba this weekend running up against this defense. Oh, there, there's no doubt about that. And and he has got to change. If If what we saw in the Arkansas game and the South Carolina game is his philosophy that has got to change? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not obviously we are not going to win ball games under doing what he thinks we need to do. Right. And or or at least you know what what has happened in the first two ball games. We've got to get back to what is Georgia football. And first and foremost is the ground game. Sure. The ground game is what makes the aerial attack possible. The ground game is what makes the play-action pass possible. I mean, I know Mike Bobo knows this, but when you run 12 play-action passes in a row, or whatever the hell stat is that he did, I mean, you know, he ran something like 13 play-action passes in the game last week. And, you know, when the running game is not a threat... When they're not worried about you actually handing the ball off, then the play-action pass just has no teeth. You're wasting your time. All you're doing is slowing things down for your quarterback and allowing him, you know, giving him less time to throw the ball and more time to get sacked. If we're not going to commit to the run, if we're not going to be better at running, we need to abandon the play-action and go to a shotgun. Because there is no play-action without an effective run game. So, I mean, anyway, to me, that's football 101, but hell, I guess it, maybe it's not 101. Maybe it's the kind of thing, maybe it's the fundamental kind of thing we need to get back to. Um, so I'm just laying that out there. We either gotta, yeah. make the, we either gotta make the run work or we gotta be in the shotgun a lot. One or the other. Because yeah. And, and, and we gotta make the run work. Cause I mean, you're gonna, if, if all you have is a one dimensional passing attack, I don't care if AJ Green is there or not, which he won't be for this game. You're you're not going to win in the SEC. You're right. You have got to be able to control the ball. So, as much as I'm going out on a limb here, I I really do think our defense will be able to contain. Not because our defense is lights out right now, but Mississippi State's offense is still in a high level of disarray. I don't expect Mississippi State's offense to light up our defense. I, I may be shooting myself in the foot by saying that. And we may give up some big plays, but I don't think we're going to give up a ton of points to Mississippi State. Um, I think the marquee matchup here is going to be our offense versus their defense. Can we score on their defense? It's going to well, be a- I agree with you. And and I don't think it's going to – it's not going to be a, a high-scoring game either. I mean, I'm looking like a, you know, 35 to 21 – Something like, I think we'll put up between 27 and 35 points. I hope we will. Well, it's going to be a lot like the South Carolina game. I mean, you get right down to it. You know, uh, we talked about that South Carolina game ad nauseum. But uh, except for that late field goal, I mean, you know, we held them to 17 points overall. 14 points uh, that South Carolina scored, you know, in the meaty part of the game. And... um so our defense, you know, I I felt like our I know we didn't stop Lattimore and we and we lost the we lost the time possession battle, but at the end of the day, our offense was able to score on South Carolina's defense, and I think it's going to be the same case here. If our if our offense can't score on Mississippi State, if we're only good for three or six points, hell, it ain't hardly going to matter what our defense does. Yeah, no, you're right. We ain't going to win. So we've got to we've got to establish the run. We've got to have balance on play calling. We've got to be able to effectively run to make the play action works. Mix in some more tight end. Mix in a little more shotgun, and let's score some points when we get in the red zone. Yeah, and we need to play our game. We need to dictate to them what we're going to do. We need to go out there. We need to establish what we're going to do first off. And I'm telling you, the first play of the game doesn't need to be a 40 yard pass. 
downfield. <laughs> I would love to see a toss sweep that goes for about eight yards. Okay. You called it. You've scripted. I know you love scripted opening series. Uh, absolutely. That, you know, I, I just love that. Scripted <laughs> plays. Whether, whether it's working or not, I've got 20 plays written down, and by God, I'm going to do every one of them. Well, there you go, dog fans. Now, uh, on the injury front, we do have some news. Got a little action on the injury front. In fact, a little surprise because I really thought, just based on the way they were talking on Monday and Tuesday, I really just didn't think Brandon Smith was going to be ready to go this weekend. Now it looks like he is going to be ready to go. Coming off these concussion-like symptoms, it looks like Brandon Smith is going to be a go this weekend, as well as Caleb King. Now, they've told us two weeks in a row that Caleb King's a go, but they're saying, really, we mean it this time, and he's been practicing... (laughs) We really mean he's going to go this time, and he has not been practicing in a green jersey this yeah. week. So because that has really confused the two defenses we have we've played. Yeah, yeah, it really did. You know they they've set their defense up to stop Caleb King, mm-hmm. and w- without him in there, it was just. Yeah, they were just total just disrespect. Coach, just Coach Rick playing mind games, you know. Yeah. But uh, Caleb King's going to be back. Sean Joppas is uh, looking probable. Marcus Downton looking probable. The bad news is uh, the Bean Justin Anderson out for the season. Turf toe gonna have to have you know that turf toe man. I tell you what, who That's, knew who knew a toe could keep you off the field? You know, I know it. Turf toe's got Bean out for the rest of the season. He's got to have surgery. He's done and will not qualify for a medical red shirt this year. So. That's bad news for him, bad news for the dogs. I hate for him to lose his season and not be able to get the medical red shirt, but that's where we're at. Um, it's all about the 3-4 offense this weekend, old dog, not the 3-4-D. No, you're right, and and I want to clear a couple things up here. I understand from, from sources that they're even blogging about me, thinking I've lost my mind. People are making fun of me. Calling me an idiot, which maybe I am, making fun of me, everything else, for my call that we need to move Grantham out after three games. Yes. And it's not because I don't think he's a good defensive coach. Hell, he may be the greatest defensive coach there is. Wow, you're just going to stick to this line. You're you're, you're sticking to your guns, huh? Absolutely. He, at this point, and and he needs to learn, and we've all got a learning curve. And I know he's been in the pros a long time. He's learned from one of the masters, Wade Phillips. We see what he's doing. Been mentored probably by Jerry Jones. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you can't treat college players like you do pro players. Man, I'm all for calling out pro players. They're prima donnas. They're making tons of money, and sometimes they play, sometimes they don't, and they don't really give a damn as long as their check is there on Monday and they can take it to the bank. We're dealing with college kids, 18 to 22-year-old kids, that aren't making a dime off the plan. They're there to get an education. Some of them, 10%, may go on to the pros. You don't treat them like you do a professional ball player. Those kids are laying it out on the line every down and if you're coaching them right they're gonna do what they need to do and to try to lay the blame on them for your poor coaching habits or not doing what you're supposed to do is ridiculous and i go back to my godfather quote grantham you need to stand up and be a man when the defense falls down it's your fault because you haven't done what you're supposed to do we ran one defensive coach out of town. 
because he because his defense didn't perform, you may be next. Who knows? Wow. Sticking to it, old dog. I, I applaud your I, I applaud your tenacity. I mean you're you're, you're bulldogging it. Absolutely. And, 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 I, go, and, and I go back I go back to the man himself. Do you ever does anyone that has ever cheered for the University of Georgia think that the great Irk Russell would have ever done what Todd Grantham did to his charges last week? No. And I'm going to tell you, the answer is an absolute no. Irk Russell would have stood up like Sean Williams did and said, it's my fault. I didn't do what I was supposed to do, and all I can do is put it behind me and get better. Mm, mm, mm. I love it. All right, dog fans. Uh, you know, I, I applaud you sticking to your guns, old dog. You know, even though I, I do disagree with you, I had to come out and say I do disagree with you. I'm not ready to run Todd Grantham out after game three, but I do disagree. I do agree with you that he shouldn't have thrown players under the bus. Now, moving on. Offense versus defense this weekend. We need to control the ball. We need to score points in the red zone. Um, of course, we need to win the turnover battle. Of course, we need to minimize penalties. All the same need stuff. Need to block better. Yeah, we need to block better. We need, need to, to run. catch passes. <laughs> need to throw them. Catch. You know, hit the receiver in stride. Dog fans. Don't hold on to the ball too long. This show is by fans for fans. We're here for you, dog fans. We want to know what you think. 706-363-0210. Old dog, after your rant last week, West Coast Tracy, uh, who used to be a good old Georgia boy, now he's like a L.A. pretty boy, he called in and talked for like five minutes on the comment line about how he disagreed with you uh, on the Grantham call, but did agree with me on the Bobo call because, hey, I'm awesome. They love me. They hate you. So what are you going to do? But uh, call us, 706-363-0210, or email us at dogcast at gmail.com. And old dog, I got something uh, that I haven't talked about in three weeks, and I've got to bring people up to date on this. The poll. No, yeah, the pool. Pool. Yeah. Pool, poll, whatever. The pool, because I have not talked about the pool at all, and I'm supposed to have, like, weekly winners. We've got well over 100 guys. we got, like, 150 guys in the pool, and... Um, I'm ranked 104, old dog. I'm 104 in my own pool. I can't even crack the top 100. But you're ahead of me. I am ahead of you, but here's the thing, though. You know, my friend uh, Allie, uh, the uh, the lovely and vivacious Allie Garner is running a pool also. I'm number two in her pool. Yeah, how about that? How does that work? I don't know. Are you picking different games or something? I don't know. I don't know. Either somehow I'm doing better or maybe the quality of the other people in her pool just is not as high as our pool. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, 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 that's where I got to go with, I guess. Maybe. Well, we always have had the smartest audience, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> She's going to have my head over that one. Okay, dude. So anyway, um, the winners in our pool. Uh, number week, uh, week one, we had, uh, do- you're gonna like this guy's name, Dogbutt. Dogbutt1984 won for the first week. Week two, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's like J-A-H-I-E-G-A-L. I don't even know how you pronounce that. That's not even a word. And then this past week, GG Dog won in week three. So our three winners are Dogbutt1984 and Ja Eagle, 
and uh, GG Dog. If you are one of those three people and you've been listening and you are the pool winner for that week, email me at dogcast@gmail.com your email your home address or whatever, and we'll get you out some swag out of the Dogcast prize closet. And um, we're also going to have a we're also going to have a prize for the overall winner at the end of the season. Right now, the overall leader is a guy named Hutch. Or maybe a girl named Hutch. I don't know. But uh, anyway, that's up to speed on the pool now. I feel better. I got that off my chest. I had to get the pool up to date. Old Dog, you want to get us out of here, man? This show is I want done. to throw out a question for the fans. Yes. What is better, playing a 12 o'clock kickoff game on the SEC Network or a 7 o'clock kickoff? on Fox Sport Net, Fox Sport South, or whatever the hell it is we're on this week. You want me to put that up as a poll question? Absolutely. I, I can tell you, I, and I already know what I think. I mean, I mean, the, the SEC Network and Fox Sport, they're both, if, unless you're playing on a network, you're playing on cable. So all things being equal, I'd rather play at 7 p.m. than at noon just because, hey, I like the cooler temperatures. So I'm going well, to go with the I'm going to go with the 7 p.m. Okay, 7 p.m. is better on Fox Sport Net, sure, or whatever it is. It's than on what channel. used to be the Jefferson Pilot. Yeah, that's like saying what would you rather you want to be on Channel 62 or Channel 63. You know who, who cares? Um, you're either you're either playing you're either the set you're either the 3:30 CBS game or you're playing on cable. That's that's all there is to it. So um, I'd rather play at seven than at noon. Just as long as it ain't Thursday, my friend. <laughs> exactly. We don't play on Thursday. No, anyway, we don't. All and right. no matter and no matter how how dismal this season may be, and hopefully it won't, but at least thank God we are not playing on a Thursday night. That's right. And we're eight and one from here on out, old dog. Eight and one from here on out. Well, I tell you what, and, and I hope I hope and pray that we are. Maybe nine and oh. That would be absolutely wonderful, and nothing would warm the old dog's heart better than that. But I do hear in the rumor mill, depending on what happens in Starkville, Mississippi, tomorrow night. Don't don't say what you're about to say. Don't even say that. I understand Kirby Smart has contacted. Don't, don't real say that in Athens. Oh God! And are we are we writing down tail numbers on planes over at Ben Epps now? Is that what we're doing? Come on. No, I'm just I'm just telling you what I hear. You're you're freaking you're you're gas on the fire. You're Al Qaeda. You know that. You're you like, know, but but so much of what we hear, way in advance, is bullcrap. And some of it's true. Oh hell, yeah. Kirby Smart and John Chavis and uh, and uh, David Cutcliffe have all been seen on a plane um, in Ben Epps. The tail tail number NZ zero zero seven seven four two three. Um, and you know, and some of us have never seen players going into the weight room. This is valuable recording time. Dog fans, that's it for this show. Big win coming up by the dogs this weekend. The real bulldogs, the white bulldogs. Um, the purebred. The purebreds, baby. It's the real bulldogs versus the half-breed bulldogs. Dogs win this weekend. Go dogs.